Blog Talk Radio. Ignite the life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Well, speaking of staying healthy and sexy, everybody, one of the most important things that's on all of our minds right now is how do we remain positive in the current political climate? How do we thrive in a very uncertain world. And today we're going to talk about how to do that, whether it's the disastrous weather, mass shootings and tragedies. There are technologies that influence elections, all kinds of things that we are concerned about. And if you feel like things are unraveling around you, well, guess what? You are not alone. Our guest today is Dr. Robin Burke, who says that this unraveling is real. And a lot of it is caused by sophisticated systems, and that's the infrastructure and technology that we all know about and we all use, but that these very sophisticated systems can make us more vulnerable to the events that threaten to disrupt our lives. We can also enjoy those same sophisticated systems, and she's going to help us thread our way through it because that's the good news. She says we can build resilience, build it into our companies, our careers, our personal lives, and despite the rapid change that's going on around us, we can make ourselves more comfortable. And here at Modern Love Training, Modern Love Radio, we are all about building that comfort into your life, particularly at the root, and the root is our personal relationships. We are all about accelerating transformation and growth so that we can have the kinds of relationships we all desire, and there's no magic. There is no magic to a great relationship. It takes training. It takes patience. It takes skill. And it takes a commitment to continue to grow as an individual and as a person. That's why I created Modern Love Trainings. We have one live Modern Love Training event each month. There's one coming up this Saturday, December 9th. It's called Breakthrough to Your Next Level. And we are going to have one of the breakthrough experts as our special guest. We have Steve Lippman, who is one of the six master trainers who work with Tony Robbins. He's going to bring some of Tony's great magic to us live and in person at our training this Saturday from 10 to 5. We also have one of the tremendous spiritual teachers from the Oneness Blessing Movement, Gwen Mitchell. And those of you who may not know, Tony Robbins has for a long, long time been a follower and a proponent of the Oneness Blessing Movement. So we will have the spiritual path he follows as well as one of his trainers with us and a special surprise performance. 
So go to Eventbrite, grab your seat. There are only a handful of seats left. Grab one for yourself and join us on Saturday, December 9th, live and in person. And if you're available the very next day and you're in the Northern California area, join me at Unity of Palo Alto, where I'll be the featured speaker. And we're talking about healing invisible wounds, a spiritual path to healing those invisible wounds. Now, we're going to start the way we always do. Oh, by the way, you can visit us at www.drbrendawade.com or live and in person at the Modern Love Training on the 9th. We always start with one of our dear Dr. Brenda questions. Keep those questions coming. I love answering them. This one breaks my heart. It says, my 25-year-old daughter, quote, Beverly, is driving me nuts. She's a college grad, a teacher, a cheerleading coach, and she still lives at home, says she can't afford to move out due to lack of money, which isn't unusual these days, you guys. A lot of boomerang kids are back at home with parents. However, mom goes on to say she shops constantly, not at discount stores, has to have finest cars, clothing, etc. Credit cards are maxed out. She also has a little dog that's destroying my backyard because she spends no time with her. And I am on the verge of a nervous breakdown because my new husband doesn't want to come between me and my daughter, and I'm just so tired of being my daughter's maid and doormat. It's signed at wit's end. Okay, wits, you're going to have to get your wits about you. You have no boundaries. On some level, somewhere, somehow, you came to the belief that you have to put up with anything in order to be a mom. And actually, that's not true. Your daughter's 25. She doesn't need momming anymore. What she needs is an adult relationship with you where you treat her as an adult and see her as an adult. So set a timeline. By this date, we need to create the steps that you need so you can live on your own and give her the window, I would say, About nine months is a good window. In these nine months, she can put together the money she needs for first and last month on an apartment. She can begin to make the segue and say, it's time for you to have your own life, and I need to have my own life with my new husband. Put those boundaries in place if you need help backing up those boundaries. Again and again, people, if you need help with boundaries, go to Al-Anon or go to CODA. Codependence Anonymous or Al-Anon. Free programs all about strong boundaries. And if you really need help with communicating with your daughter, then for heaven's sakes, get some communication training. doesn't have to be our modern love training, although ours is fantastic. Go find some. All right, let's move on. Let me tell you a little bit more about our guest, Dr. Robin Burke. She spent her early days writing code in Silicon Valley, And she went on to grow executive leadership in companies and to support, excuse me, I'm going to say that differently. She has also supported a brand new area of science. She's been leading the current change in Silicon Valley in leadership, and we know how important that is. Dr. Robin says You need to look at any situation from a 10,000-foot view. 
you need to get as far away from it as possible to see it clearly. And in fact, she says, you can do more than survive when you're faced with challenges. You can actually thrive despite challenges and, this is important, because of them. Dr. Robin Burke has been featured in Wired magazine on MSNBC, countless other media outlets. She translates science and technology breakthroughs into practical steps you can use and organizations can use so we can expand resources and success. She's the author of the book, Check Your Connections, How to Thrive in an Uncertain World. And I'm going to give you her website now. It's www.checkyourconnections.com. Welcome to the show, Dr. Robin Burke. Thank you, Dr. Brenda. It's such a pleasure to be here. Well, it's my pleasure. Tell us more about how you got involved in science in Silicon Valley. Is that something that you loved as a child, getting involved in computers and science? Well, as a child, I became interested. I was bored to tears with math and science in most of high school until my senior year when I had a formal logic class and something clicked for me. And so by the time I got out of my undergraduate work, computer science was really taking off, and I became a computer programmer first briefly in Northern Virginia in the Washington, D.C. area, and then in Silicon Valley. And I loved it. I loved the coding. I helped to write one of the first uh, what are called Internet Communications Protocol stacks, the software that lets a device, a computer, talk over the Internet to other ones. Just fascinating. But you know what I found was more challenging and more exciting? That was the challenge of leading and managing, Absolutely. of building that a makes team a lot and bringing people together. Because machines don't talk back to you. Machines don't get an attitude. Machines aren't going to go sulk if things aren't going well. And having worked with so many engineers from Silicon Valley, those who wanted relationships and couldn't date, et cetera, et cetera, I know some of what you were dealing with <laughs> because as one uh, – one of my engineers in our, our training said to me, um, you know that I've improved in my communication because I don't look at your shoes when I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. I look at your pocket on your shirt. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so in any case, you know, there are a lot of jokes about um, – about engineers. I love engineers because I love the way their minds work. I'm sure you do too. However, in a relationship, and especially in leadership, there can be real challenges. There can be. And I I, uh, followed that side of the business up through the 1990s, wrote some books for uh, techies that sold well and so on. In 2001, in the fall, I found myself in the Mid-Hudson Valley area of New York because my husband had accepted a teaching position at West Point. Oh, I know that and, area so well. My daughter so was you know barred. That, my daughter so you know barred. that we're only 65 yeah. miles from, uh, oh, 
and if you know Bard, certainly. We're on the other side of the river, but exactly. right in that they area. Exactly, West Point from Bard. I frequently said, let's throw yes. some stones across there to West Point. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful country. It is. Um, so it is. I was rehabilitating a damaged knee and uh, doing a little bit of consulting. I turn on the television on the 11th of November, and I watch the planes hit the Twin Towers. Oh, boy. We have one oh. daughter, my husband and I. She's a young, she was a young adult at the time, and she was temping in offices near the Twin Towers. Wow. So I did what any mother would do. I got on the phone to try to reach her. I could not reach my daughter 65 miles away for over 36 hours. Oh, my God. But she managed to dial out and reach her grandmother in the San Francisco Bay Area within a couple of hours of the attacks. And because I had been in Silicon Valley and had written Internet Protocol Stacks, had written a a well-selling book on the technology, and knew something about how the cell phones work, I thought, now that's really interesting. Fast forward to 2005 when the National Academy of Sciences tells the Army, yes, there is this new discipline called network science, and you really ought to be investing in it for a number of reasons. So that set me off in a somewhat new path. I was completing my doctorate in artificial intelligence and machine learning, but there was this new form of analytics that had to do with very complex systems that are all interconnected. They're we are and all interconnected on so many levels. We technology are. is one level, but one of the things that technology has done for us is we've gone from six degrees of separation, and the last time I checked, we were down to 2.9. What number have you got? I don't have a number, but I will tell you this. Not only have we gone down, but one of the things that the research I managed showed is that in any massively connected system, when you have two or more of these these connections uh, that are dependent on one another, in the technology side, the power grid and the Internet, for instance, they're mutually dependent. They rely on each other. Now, for those you who don't know that, a lot you... about massive systems, because our audience is really interested in connections with people and things like that, so what do you mean when you say these massive systems? You're talking about cellular connection and computer? I'm talking about the power grid. I'm talking about tr- the transportation system. I'm talking about how food gets from farm to table. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about our medical care systems. I'm talking about the financial systems that allow me to get on Amazon and never even give a new credit card number and order something from another country, and it ends up on my doorstep a couple of days later. Yes. Okay, so everyone, you're clear about all these things now. When we talk about the power grid and the interconnections, we all use these things. I just ordered something off Amazon as well. We do. We all use them. And here's the thing. If there's a breakdown, go ahead. So so here's the thing that we learned in the research that I managed, uh, Dr. Brenda, and it has a direct implication for society as well as the technology stuff. What we learned is that when systems are interdependent that way, unless there's care given, where they interconnect becomes a point of unsuspected fragility 
and vulnerability so that if something breaks that would normally be a minor problem, it, it rolls through, it begins to avalanche through all these other systems. Right. And that has made us all so much more vulnerable than we used to be. That completely makes sense. Now, for those who are saying, gee, how would that affect me personally, you've already given us the example of not being able to reach your daughter 65 miles away where she could reach her grandmother in San Francisco. Yes. What other ways would that affect us if a system broke down? Then, of course, everybody stand by because we're going to talk about what you can do to be less vulnerable and feel more secure and more confident. Here's an example of damage at a distance. A cyber attack that attacks a central financial system would impact not only the users of that bank or that system, it would impact all of us around the world. It would begin to clog up credit availability for small businesses. It might create a cash flow problem. People might not get their paychecks on time. Here's another example. If Kim Jong-un does something really, really stupid God forbid. and attempts to, uh, God forbid, indeed, and attempts to explode a nuclear bomb within 50 miles of the San Francisco Bay Area, one likely side I'm effect of that. I'm looking at San Francisco Bay right now. <laughs> indeed, and we still have a home there, so this is God. real for us. We have family there. Um one of the likely side effects is that a large amount of the little computer chips that are in everything we have these days, in our cell phones, in the, in the traffic lights in the city, on BART, you name it, there's bunches and bunches and bunches of these electronic chips in there. Well, we know that when you explode a nuclear bomb, it gives off a burst of what's called electromagnetic energy. Okay, now we're going to stop there only because of time. We get the okay. picture that really dire things can happen because of the interconnectedness yes. and because of chips, there's a vulnerability. Now, what should the average person, because here we are, we're all average people, human beings going about our daily lives. We all have our computers, our cell phones. We're riding BART. We're on these transportation systems. We're ordering off of Amazon, for God's sake. You know, they now own the whole world. When they bought <laughs> Whole Foods, one of my friends said it was like anthrax buying botulism. <laughs> so In any case, moving on, what should we be doing to protect well, ourselves? What we should be doing is building resilience into our lives so that if there is a problem in some of these large interconnected systems, we have backup ways of having our basic needs met. And that does two things. First so of all, give us it an helps. example of what that would look like when we say it would look like having to get two, our needs met. It would, have, it would look like having two weeks' worth of food, water, some amount of backup power or heat in the parts of the country or, or other countries where it's cold in the winter. It would look like having a backup means of sanitation, and I give an example of buy a five-gallon rigid paint bucket at Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever, and a roll of heavy black plastic trash bags, and you now have an emergency toilet if something happens to the uh, sewer systems. 
in the area. In other words, when you have these backups, when you take some time to have a backup way to get things done, then if there's stress on the main system, you can take a deep breath. You know that you're okay in the short run. And that lets you look at what the situation really is now, and respond. Now, what do you mean when you say we need to check our connections? And our connections, the connections are to the process and map resources that yes. you have and note how they're connected to each other and keep businesses, all of that. How do, how do we go about that in terms of Well, decisions? let's take an example uh, from a relationship. Suppose that you're married or have a long-term committed relationship with someone. You know that that person isn't a single dimension. There are lots of ways in which you interact with each other, emotionally, physically, financially, and so on. It really is worthwhile to stop and say, what are all of the things that that person contributes to me, and how can I contribute to him or her? One of the things I learned in being married for 42 years is that if you only rely on one dimension of a, of a personal relationship and that dimension comes under strain, it can get pretty bad. So what but, you're you know, my husband and I can, to, dis- yeah. but can I disagree about finances, but if we're careful on other things, yeah. if we but cultivate our relatedness hold on in one other second, ways. Dr. Burke, hang on a second, because I want to back up to what you said. Yes. In terms of translating this for our audience, when you say look at your resources and your connections, you're looking at personal relationships. What about things like uh, I belong to a neighborhood association, and just yesterday I got a note saying, uh, do you still want to be on the email list? And I wrote back and said, of course. And by the way, what about having some sort of holiday gathering because there are mm-hmm. new neighbors on the block because this is our best protection, God forbid, yes. there's any kind of emergency. So when we look at our connections, you mean personal in terms of family, relationships, also neighborhoods, and neighborhood associations are crucial. And by the way, let me just say this, guys, if you haven't already called in your local fire department to give you training in how to shut off power, how to put out a fire how to prevent, you know, something from spreading or deal with smoke. Almost every fire department gives that training, and they'll come and do it for your whole neighborhood or your whole block or whatever. They'll do that. So call And, and Dr. Brenda, that. that is an example of something I talk about in my book, How to Thrive in an Uncertain World. One of the most overlooked resources we have available to us is information. And sometimes that information is in books or videos, but often it's in people we know who have expertise and they're willing to share it. Mm, Good. Now, you talk also in the book about evaluating the map. You call it the map of connections and resources. And to ask the question, which functions in my life are heavily resourced? Now, what do you mean by heavily resourced? What I mean is that we know that we have at our hands, in our grasp, the things that we need in order to pursue that function. Business functions are easy, finance, marketing, accounting, and so on. In, in households, those functions might be shelter, 
food, drink, medical care, sanitation. So when we look at those functions, what we do in the Check Your Connections method is we stop and, first of all, we become aware of the amazing resources that are already present for us. I have a neighbor who's a nurse. She's a resource to me about what I should be doing in my first aid kit. Then we have to say which of those resources support which functions, and finally, then we look at that and say, well, some functions may be well-resourced already, but there are other functions that are not particularly well-resourced in case of an emergency of some sort. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, give us an example of that. Yeah. I might have a lot of uh, food on the shelf, but I haven't thought through sanitation for two weeks with no utilities. Uh-huh. And, you know, this is so real right now when we think about what's been happening for our friends and family members in Houston or South Florida or in Puerto Rico, there are so many examples. And my family lived through Katrina, and we actually lost family members because people could not. They were told to leave for three days. People weren't prepared. They thought they'd be back home in three days. They didn't have enough medication, so they didn't have enough you know, uh, people with diabetes or heart problems or cancer ended up dying because they just didn't have access to the medications that were sustaining them. So there are a lot of ways we need to check the boxes. And when you say two weeks, that has such a resonance for me because I know I wouldn't have lost three of my beloved family members if somebody had said two weeks instead of three days. So yes. I'm really going to come down with with a lot of energy, everybody. Be prepared for two weeks. And here we are in Northern California where just, you know, not even an hour north of us, we had devastating fires. And, many and people, now in Ventura. Yeah, many people who are part of our community were affected by that. So having resources close to hand Having resources outside of the community is also something people are talking about now because with the fire, a lot of people couldn't get anything out but themselves. And that's exactly what happened with my daughter on 9-11 because we as a family had established a plan ahead of time that if we got separated for one another because my husband traveled for business and I traveled for business and so on, that we would use family members his family in the San Francisco Bay Area, my family in Pennsylvania. And if we couldn't reach each other, we would check in with other family members. That makes sense. So having that kind of plan, super important. Having resources, knowing where to meet up if there's a meet-up plan. Your book sounds like it covers all kinds of issues. Now, one of the things you also cover is making a list of the outcomes that depend on different functions. Now, how do you make a list of outcomes? Well, you start by saying, what do I want in a goal? And then what does it take to get to that goal? In other words, what would that goal look like in real life? And this is common. Anybody who's done clear visualization techniques in meditation has had a sense of this 
of being able to say, what would it look like, smell like, feel like, what would I be doing if this came into being, if this was manifested in my life? So if my goal is two weeks worth of resilience in the face of a major disruption, what would that look like, feel like? What would I be doing? Who would be involved? Who needs to be part of that? What resources do I need to make that happen? And then we say, well, which ones do I already have? But where is there a blank space on my map? Yeah, hmm, I never thought about sense. sanitation. Makes you know? complete sense. Yeah, because that's one that most people don't. I've got all these wonderful kits uh, from a television show that I hosted. I would always have the American Red Cross on here in San yes. Francisco, of course, to talk about uh, the kinds of things that can happen here, and they gave out these fantastic kits that have everything, but nobody talked about sanitation, so there's one I'm going to check on my box. The other thing is you elevated the importance of families talking. How do we connect? How do we stay connected? How can we be there for one another? And one of the things I know, having spent so much time coaching couples, training people in relationship, is that there are crucial conversations that we frequently fail to have with loved ones, you know, making plans for being there for one another, communicating if there's a disruption, I love that word, disruption, and being very, very clear on the alternate paths to reconnect in person if we can manage that. So I thank you so much, Dr. Robin Burke, for taking the time to talk with us. Everybody, that book, one, you need to have that in your survival kit. Check Your Connections is the title, the subtitle of this terrific book is, hold on, Dr. Burke, you're going to have to give it to me because it slid past me. (laughs) It's How to Thrive in an Uncertain World. Yeah, and we all need that. So also be aware that there are spiritual ways to survive. I loved it that you talked about visualization, meditation. If anything, God forbid, should happen that's untoward, reach for that place to stay centered so that your thoughts are collected, so that you can think clearly without being overwhelmed by what's at hand. I really encourage that kind of of information. We have to leave it there, Dr. Burke, but I want to say thank you to you for being with us. Thank you to our executive producer, Mr. LeGrand Reed, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning. Thank you, modern lovers. This is all about loving yourself and loving one another. Be prepared to be there for one another. Blessings. Have a great week. And I'll see you, those of you who are in the Bay Area, I'll see you Saturday at Breaking Through to Your Next Level.